I want to welcome you to this week's virtual drasha. I'd like to begin by thanking the families who dedicated and sponsored this drasha, Jonathan and C.G. Polier, for dedicating the drasha in commemoration of the second yard site of Jonathan's grandmother, Mrs. Pearl Fieldman Pesla Basiosi. If we hope then in the merit of our Tamatora, then Hashem will have an Aliyah and the family in Nechama. And to thank Eitan and Ariella Shuchman for dedicating the drasha in gratitude for all of the shiurim and drashals, we thank the Shuchmind and the Palir so much for their dedication and for their generosity. We have the incredible privilege this week to read Parshas Vayichi. But you know, it feels like an incredible confluence of events, almost like two different worlds coming together. Parshas Vayichi marks the end of Sefer Bereshis. The end of Sefer Bereshis will say, Chazak, Chazak, Venis, Chazak. The, the completion of any book of the Chumash is always a dramatic event. You know, you live with the parsha, And so for these last number of weeks, for these last number of months, you know, we've been living with Avram and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov, Rachel and Leah, the story of Yosef and his brothers. And these events haven't just become something that we have read in the weekly parsha. But they really mark our lives. You know, we feel like we've been living with the Avos and the Mos. And with the end of Chumash Bereshis and the beginning of the story of Egyptian servitude, we transition into a new chapter, the chapter of Moshe, Aaron and Miriam, Paro, Shibod, Aseres Adibros, Matan Torah, so on and so forth. But it's also interesting because... Tonight, Thursday night, I'm recording this drasha on Thursday, Thursday afternoon. But tonight, Thursday night, is New Year's Eve. The end of the year 2020 and the beginning of the year 2021. And I've been thinking about this a lot because it's two conclusions, two ends, two very different worlds, right? Remember again, 2020 is the general calendar, although we normally celebrate our Rosh Hashanah on the first of Tishrei, the first of the Hebrew year. But nevertheless, again, we live in this world. We date our checks and we date our correspondence often using the general secular date. And so it's fascinating to me that this new year is beginning also on Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Parashas Vayechi, 2020 is coming to an end, Chumash Bereshis is coming to an end. It's these two dramatic endings that are occurring at the same time and two dramatic beginnings occurring at the same time as well. And I'm sure like many of you, it's been very interesting to see the sentiment. You know, I've, I've always found, not that I'm such like a big New Year's celebration person, but I've always found that generally like New Year's celebrations or commemorations, I don't mean a ruckus celebration. I mean the way people look at New Year's. How do you look at it? And it's interesting because generally there's a mixture of sadness, excitement, another year's gone by, another year's gone by, but yet another year is right in front of us and we don't know what it's going to bring. But I think when you kind of gauge public sentiment this time around, 2020 coming to an end. The, the, the conventional sentiment almost seems to be a good riddance. We're, we're, we're happy to see it go. I couldn't be happier that 2020 is over because it's been such a crazy year. And, and it has been a crazy year. You know, for us, we're kind of solely focused on the pandemic. 
But the truth is, so much has happened in this year besides an incredibly tumultuous and overwhelming presidential election. Racial tensions. You know, it was amazing. The front page of the Wall Street Journal just had yesterday that the problematic 737 was once again cleared for flight. You know, you remember we had a year in which, you know, some airplanes were falling out of the sky. So you take all of this together, in addition to all of the other problems and challenges, and it really has been a very overwhelming year, an incredibly overwhelming year. And so it's not surprising that many will say, you know what, couldn't be happier. This year, the New Year's celebration is going to be Baruch Hashem, 2020 is over, because 2021 has got to be better than this. But as Jews, we recognize that whenever you come to the end of something, an end is always an incredible opportunity. We know, as I mentioned before, that in Merit when we get to the end of Harshas Vayichi, B'Sha'a Tova this Shabbos morning, we'll say, Chazak, Chazak, Vinis Chazek. Let us be strong, let us be strong, and let us be emboldened with even further strength. Or maybe better stated, be strong, be strong, and be girded with additional strength. Why do we say that? Because every ending offers us an incredible opportunity. An ending offers you an opportunity to reflect on the past. What happened? What happened? What went well and what didn't go so well? What do I want to take with me into my future and what am I going to leave behind? And how could I take all of the lessons of the past and somehow utilize them to build a more beautiful, stronger, holier and more luminescent future? That's what a Jew does when you get to the end of something. The truth is we see this most dramatically in Chodesh Elul, right? When we get to the end of our, the Jewish calendrical year. So how do we spend our Chodesh Elul? Steeped in introspection. That's really what it is. I take a look at what did I do last year? What didn't I do last year? And what are my plans for the coming year? What do I need to improve? What do I need to change? What do I need to build on? What do I need to stop doing altogether? And so we come now to Shabbos Chazak, Parshas Vayichi, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, 2020 is going to be over, 2021 is beginning, and it's a time for reflection. It's a time for reflection, but, but what is it? You know, a lot of times when we speak about reflection and introspection, so for many of us, if you ask me, should I introspect and should I reflect? Of course, of course. The problem then becomes, okay, so what do I do? All right, for introspection and reflection and self-contemplation. And now what? So what, what, what exactly am I supposed to do? So I want to share with you something amazing. The last Pasuk in the parsha is a simple yet profound one. The Pasuk says, this is in Perak Nun, Pasuk Chavav, chapter 50, verse 26. Vayomas Yosef ben Me'e Esr Shanim. Yosef died when he was 110 years old. Vayachantu also, they embalmed him. Vayisem ba'aron b'mitzrayim. And they put him in a casket, <coughs> excuse me, they put him in a coffin in Egypt. And you know, the Zetosa Sinida, the Tosa Sinida says that whenever the Chumash ends, whenever a particular Chumash, a particular book of the Torah ends, Tosa says these words, Nesaimim betov. We always try to end off on a positive note. <clears throat> we always try to end off with something good, something meaningful, something upbeat, which then begs the question, 
you just tell me about the death of Yosef. Now, it's true Yosef lived to a ripe old age, 110, not as old as his ancestors. That is very true. But he lived a long life. He accomplished. But it's not exactly the high point that you would normally go ahead and end off with. Satosis so is telling me, Messiah in Betov, we like to end the Chumash with a positive note. Yet, here we're ending off with the death of Yosef. And by the way, to compound the question a little bit, even the death of Yosef, the death of Yosef paved the way for Egyptian servitude. The death of Yosef paved the way for all the dysfunction, all the terrible things that is going to be the hallmark of Chumash Shmos, or at least the beginning of Chumash Shmos, with the narrative of Egyptian servitude. So how was this Messiah in Betov? How is this ending off on a positive, good note? And the great tzaddik, Rav Tziyadi Melech Shapira of Dinov, the Dinov Rebbe, later on of Munkach, who was one of the primary Talmidim of the Chosa of Lublin, says something absolutely beautiful. The Rebbe points out, he says, you know, that it was common. He, I'm going to quote you his words. He says, Dehine al it was customary that on the casket of kings, they would inscribe the monarchical name. Here lies so-and-so king, so-and-so pharaoh, so-and-so monarch. But says the Bnei Yisachar, and he writes it also in Igra de Kala, ultimately again, what name was written on Yosef's casket? What name was written? And the Bnei Yisachar writes, Yosef. Yosef. He says that's the meaning of the Pasik. Vayomas Yosef ben Mea Vaeshanim Vayachantuoso Vayisem Baaron Bimitzraim. Why is the Torah telling me that they placed Yosef in a casket? It's telling you because the Torah is telling us Vayomas Yosef. Yosef died. They put Yosef in a casket and they put the name Yosef on the casket. He goes on, he says. Yosef commanded and he said, I want you to put the name Yosef on my casket. That's the name that goes on my casket. Now what's incredible about this? Remember, Yosef had an Egyptian name. Yosef was given a name by none other than Pharaoh himself. The name that he was given was Tzafnas Paneach, literally translated revealer of hidden things. After Yosef went ahead and interpreted the dreams of Paro, Paro was so overwhelmed and taken by this young man that he gives him this name, you are the revealer of hidden things. And despite the fact that Yosef has this dramatic Egyptian name, Yosef commands when you, I die and when you place me in the casket, you are to write the name Yosef on my casket. And the Bnei Yisachar says, this is the Messiah Betov. This is the great last lesson that the Torah HaKidosha is teaching us. That the name inscribed on Yosef's casket wasn't Viceroy, wasn't wisest of all men, wasn't he who saved us from famine, wasn't Tzafnas Paneach, but was simply Yosef. Yosef. And I think the Rebbe is teaching us an incredibly profound idea. You see, Yosef had many names and many identities. Right? He was a son. He was a brother. He was a slave. He was a servant. He was an interpreter of dreams. He was a piece of property. Like when he was sold by the brothers to the Yishmaelim. He was a viceroy. 
He was powerful. He became a husband, a father. He had many different names. But at the end of the day, Yosef, when he died, chose to reclaim that most basic identity. I'm Yosef. What does the word name, what does the name Yosef mean? The name Yosef, Rachel Imenu names her son Yosef. It's an interesting name. Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher. I hope that Hashem gives me more children. The name Yosef, Lahosif, to add, to add. And wasn't this the essence of Yosef Atzadik? A person who was engaged in perpetual growth. A person who was always looking for opportunities. Opportunities, as we said, for personal growth, but opportunities to give back. Opportunities to give to, to help others. It was no accident that Yosef was the one who saved the entire region from famine. Not just his family, not just his brothers and his fathers, not just even his own nation, the entire region. Yosef, he was an individual committed to growth, ongoing growth. He was a Jew. He was a grandson of Avram Abinu. He lived the life of these basic values. And it's true. He had many different identities throughout life, but at the end of the day, his core identity was Yosef. The name on his casket was Yosef. And it's such an incredible insight. Because the truth is, like Yosef, we all go through life. And as we go through life, we assume different identities, different identities and different circumstances occur and those circumstances change us. So maybe sometimes in life I start out with one identity and then maybe because of different circumstances I lose that identity. Maybe I began as a hopeful, optimistic, joyful individual but then as a result of life circumstances I lost those qualities. I began with one name, I began with one identity but then over the course of life, I become someone else. And inevitably, over the journey of life, we evolve and we change. Sometimes the change is good. Sometimes I change. I'm better. I'm better today than I was last year. I'm better today than I was in the past. I'm stronger. I'm more resilient. I'm wiser. I'm holier. But sometimes the change isn't positive. Sometimes as a result of the journey of life, Life changes me. My circumstances change me. I become someone dramatically different and not for the better. Not for the better. Sometimes I'm more cynical, more jaded, angrier, more emotionally volatile. I have a shorter fuse. I don't get along with people. I don't get along with my spouse. I don't get along with my kids. I can't get along with my family. And it's easy to say it's everyone else's fault. But maybe it's me. Maybe I have just changed as a result of life, and it happens. It happens to the best of us. I suffer setback. I suffer tragedy. I suffer difficulty. And that leaves its imprint on me. It fundamentally changes me. And so the question becomes, at the end of, see, it's at the end of Yosef's life, Yosef says, I'm choosing to reclaim that most basic identity. I'm Yosef. I'm Yosef. Like Yosef said to his brothers, Ani Yosef. That's it. It's not the titles. It's not the things that I've done. It's not, I'm Yosef. That's who I am. I'm reclaiming that identity. And that's what I want you to inscribe on my casket. That's what he told the Egyptians. As we come to the end of 2020, 
And we come to the end of Chumash Bereshis. An end, like we said before, is a time to look back and reflect. Who have I become? You know, we're nine months into a pandemic, and in Yerz Hashem, we are coming out of this. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, the vaccine is here. Vaccines are here, and more will in Yerz Hashem come. And there's no question that in the coming months in Yerz Hashem, we will get vaccinated. Those who have antibodies, Baruch Hashem, and those will be vaccinated. And I'm confident that in just not so long from now, Hayinu Kicholmin, this will be like a dream. But as we're nine months into this, Coming to the end of this, how have we changed? And I think we've all changed. I think some of us have, Baruch Hashem, better relationships with our families because we've been forced to spend more time at home. <laughs> right? Nothing brings a family together like forced quarantine together. Right? More dinners, more time together, more family time. And I've, I've heard this from so many. Better marriages, better relationships with children more togetherness, a more feeling of actos, a feeling of being present in family life. For others, for others, who may not have the bracha of being together with family, we've become more comfortable with the notion of being alone. You know, most of us dread being alone. But the truth is, one of the things that the pandemic has taught us is the ability to find, to be comfortable being alone with one's self. I can be alone with me and I can be okay. Obviously, it's not what I desire. I desire to be with people, desire to be mishpacha, but I could, I could be okay just being with me. But for others, the change has not been so good. For others, the change, unfortunately, has led to a disruption in spiritual life. People, and again, unfortunately, I've heard the stories on both ends. For some, They've stopped their regular rhythm of learning, their regular rhythm of davening. Shul, first, unfortunately, a number have become a thing of the past. Doesn't mean I'm not davening, but it's not the same. I don't necessarily feel connected to a kehila, connected to a community, connected to a rav. People kind of have gone their own ways. And as a result of a little bit of the loss of the regularly established rhythm, people aren't holding in the same spiritual place. For some, personal observance has suffered. And for some, connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu has suffered. For others, prolonged family time has not built stronger relationships, but has in fact exposed things that are difficult and things that are broken. And maybe I've been broken for a very long time that I was able to ignore by working long hours and being home less time, but that I can no longer run from. See, see, we come to the end now. We come to the end of Chumash Bereshis, we come to the end of 2020. And I think when we look back at the last number of months, specifically the pandemic months, we've all changed. We've all changed. The only shayla, the only question is, what's the nature of the change? Is it a good change that I want to continue to build on? Or perhaps the change has been negative. If the change has been positive, incredible then use this last day of 2020, use Shabbos Chazak, the last parasha of Chumash Bereshis, parashas Vayichi, and figure out how you're going to keep building on that dynamic change. How are you going to do better? How are you going to do more? How are you going to take all of the things that you've learned during this pandemic, during this year, during Chumash Bereshis, and how are you going to build it into your life in a more sustainable fashion?
But if the changes have not been good, if the changes have not been good, then use these last days of 2020 of Chumash Bereshis to identify and reclaim that which you have lost. What have I lost? Where did I lose my way? And what did I lose? Let me identify what's been lost. Because if I can identify it, then I, that's the beginning to reclamation. Even Yosef lost Yosef for a little while. Even Yosef lost Yosef when he became an Eved. And I'm sure that there were times that even Yosef lost Yosef when he became Tzafnas Paneach. But at the end of the day, the greatness, the meaning of the last Pasuk in the parasha is that Yosef found the strength to reclaim that which he had lost. That's what Tosa says, Messiah in Betov. That's the good. That's the good. That Yosef reclaimed that which was lost. And so no matter what you've lost over the course of the pandemic, no matter what I have lost over the course of Chumash Bereshis, no matter what parts of my persona are no longer here, I wish they were, but they're not here, because of the trial and tribulations and turbulence of the last number of months, I can reclaim it. I can reclaim it. And I don't have to wait to make the inscription on my casket to reclaim it. I can reclaim it now. If there are things that you have lost, character traits, attributes, kochos, personality, that you have lost over the last number of months, identify and reclaim. If Yosef could do it, so can we. So, I don't subscribe to the notion of just saying, Oh, Baruch Hashem, 2020 is over. Yeah, I'm happy that some of the events of 2020 are behind us and halalai, they will not be replicated and repeated in 2021. But to just say good riddance and move on, we lose out on the incredible opportunity. Because the Kaddish Baruch Hu controls everything, even the confluence of the end or the secular new year and the end of Chumash Bereshis. That's from HaKadosh Baruch Hu also. And it's the Ribbono Shel Olam whispering in our ear. As the year comes to an end, as the Chumash comes to an end, take stock of what you've gained and take stock of what you've lost. What you've gained, build on it in the Chumash ahead, build on it in Shmos, build on it in 2020. And what you've lost, find the courage to identify, find the courage to reclaim. Find the courage to be a Yosef. And in that sechos, chazak, chazak, venis chazek, will not simply be something that we say, but it'll be something that we live. Wishing everyone a good and Erev Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.